Hey, hey, and welcome back to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? <laughs> Real good, man. Good to be back in the, uh, the main series itself. Yeah, we're, I was going to say, we're, we're ditching the past and coming into the even more past. <laughs> Way <laughs> past. Yeah, because if you're, if you're following along last week, we, we jaunted into the 80s and did the new monkeys. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was that was a good time. But it is it is nice to be back to the OG monkeys. It is true, and uh, yeah, it looked like a lot of people uh, <laughs> had to listen to what we had to say about the new monkeys. It was a, uh, I think it was a fun episode, and I think uh, I I suspect a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope so. It got, and I hope maybe if you weren't didn't know anything about the new monkeys, kind of like me at the time, uh, might have opened up your eyes and your ears and maybe you're not as uh, quick to be quick to be dismissive of the new monkeys. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> but let's hop back to 1968. Yes. Because Some Like It Lukewarm, episode number 56, <laughs> directed by our main man, James Frawley, written by Joel Kane and Stanley Z. Cherry. He probably says Stanley Z. Cherry. Probably. And originally aired on March 4th, 1968. Yeah. And the uh, title, Some Like It Lukewarm, is a reference to Some Like It Hot, the 1959 Marilyn Monroe movie. And the direct connection is uh, uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis are dressed in drag to hide out from the mob, and they join Marilyn's traveling all-female musical review. There you go. Just in case. Big Easter egg for everybody, in case you didn't know. We open up on a sign that says KXIW TV Rockathon Contest, $500 <laughs> first prize, which is a really good prize. Even now, 500 bucks is be like, holy smokes, 500 bucks. Yeah. So there would be like $2,000. Like how far do you think the monkeys could have gotten if they had, if they could win this 500 bucks? Like, <laughs> they could, you get some groceries maybe. Man, it would, it would double their yearly income. I don't think our, our total band earnings over the years, he gave me close to 500 bucks. I could be wrong. No, I don't think so either. This would be a huge, huge uh, upswing. They'd, they'd join another tax bracket, I think. <laughs> so Jerry Blavitt, playing himself, he pops into mm-hmm. the screen and he tells everyone to sign up here and a bunch of people rush him. And Mike, Mickey, and Davey are in the corner. No Peter, for some reason. And, uh, <laughs> they're, taking, they're taking turns showing up late, it seems, yeah. here uh, late in uh, season two. Yeah, for sure. As long as there's three on there, they feel like that's enough. We'll be okay. Yeah. So Mike says that they really need this money really bad, and that, but they have to act <laughs> like they don't need it. And so Davey catches on. He says, yeah, they don't need it. But then Mickey freaks out and says that they really do need it. But then Davey <laughs> says, come on, man. Like, I'm just pretending like we don't need it. And so then they walk up to Jerry and ask if this is where they sign up for the Rockathon to win $500. And Jerry says, yes, it is. And Mickey goes a bit overboard. Well, who needs it? Oddly enough. <laughs> it's kind of his thing. Yeah. And uh, so Mike asks if they could have the money in small bills that are easy to carry in their guitar case. And then uh, Jerry tells him that they're crazy. And then Mickey asks for the currency in different variations. And one of them, he says salt wheels. <laughs> and uh, Mike says that he sees what the issue is. And Jerry wants them to perform. So they do like the hello, hello, hello bit. And then uh, Mike goes off like a DJ for a bit. And so once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Mackey's Broadcast can be high atop the beautiful Chicago Tower. Look, Mike, Mike, she can read, look, sound, mouth, sound, ground, sound. We walk up to the microphone and ask that musical question. So how's by you? All right, where's the cash? For people who seem like they don't need it, they're really <laughs> acting like it's already theirs. 
Yeah, and I guess apparently they're kind of riffing on that DJ's actual uh, DJ trademark banter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can definitely tell that he's a DJ. Oh, big time. <laughs> so Jerry tells him that they don't even qualify for the contest, and he asks where the girl is. And Davey says, are you a contest manager or a house detective? <laughs> Jerry tells him it's a contest for groups with boys and girls in it. And it really seems like Jerry's doing this just so he can meet girls. Like the whole yeah. time, he's just, just hunting on these, these poor girl bands. It's, it's lonely at the radio station. Man. I guess so. I guess so. So then he walks away, and Mickey says to the boys, That means that one of us is going to have to be a chick. And that leads us to the intro. Blum. Uh, about a minute 54 in this time. Snuck it in under two minutes. And they packed a lot in. They packed quite a bit. A lot. No Peter, though. No, but yeah, that, he, he wouldn't fit. That's why. There, so much was in there, they could have a Peter. So uh, we come back to a very Leave it to Beaver style song. That isn't like a play on the monkeys theme. It's just like a just a song. And all four boys are together. I guess Peter finally woke up. And uh, Mickey says that they'll have to decide who the girl will be based on a volunteer basis. And then we see like clips of each of them dressed up as girls from previous episode. Yep. And Peters is from Monkey vs. Machine, the second yep. episode. And he's yeah. such, he's so ugly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Well, he's no Princess Gwen. That's Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> so uh, each of the boys say that it should be Davy. And he protests and says there's no way anyone would even believe that he's a girl. But while he's talking, <laughs> he, he backs up into a closet and he crashes into a bunch of stuff. And when he comes out, there's a mop on his head. And it looks like long hair, like kind of. It looks yeah, like sure David with mop on his head. <laughs> so the janitor, played by Bill McKinney, he sees him and he thinks he's a girl and he asks him out for dinner. So back at the pad, Davey's uh, behind a screen and he asks how they think they're going to make him into a girl. And Mickey says all it takes to make a girl is a rag, a bone, and a hank of hair. Which <laughs> I don't even understand what that means at all. It's, it's Hollywood talk. Perhaps it is. But yeah, so anyway, um, so so then they give him a rag, a bone, and a hank of hair. And uh, when they toss him the bone, Davy does his patented oh sound. Bone, 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 bone. Classic. And uh, Davy puts everything on, and when he comes up from behind the screen, Mike starts laughing. <laughs> and Davy asks how he looks, and Mickey says, Kind of like a raggy, hairy bone. A hairy, bony rag. And... Uh, <laughs> Davy says that the bone doesn't fit, <laughs> whatever that means. Hey, now. And that he doesn't even know how to act like a woman. And luckily, Peter has a book, How to Act Like a Feminine Female, in Three Easy Steps. Those must be lengthy steps. They must be, because it's a very big book. <laughs> very, very, very big print and a bunch of pictures. Yeah, it's got to be. So Peter reads that all feminine females should learn to walk with small, delicate steps. So they tie Davy's ankles together, and he tries walking, but then he just ends up wiping out and eating shit. And then, so lesson two is when a feminine female is walking north to south, her hips should swing east to west and putting a small mm. bell on her hips will help. So the okay. boys don't have any small bells, so they have to use pots and pans. And of course that doesn't work out very well. And Davy's just clanking these things together, slamming everywhere. Mm. And uh, Mickey keeps yelling out directions and Davy flails around for a bit. And then that's the end of lesson two. And then lesson three is a feminine female should walk with her head held high and motionless. And to learn, you should put a book on your head, which you know, we've all we've all seen that in various 
cartoons. Oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> and so Mickey This is where I read somewhere that this is where that started. Oh really? I I you know what? I bet it was. I bet it was. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so Mickey and Mike get an enormous book and put it on Davy's head, but it just like squishes him to the floor. Maybe you'd rather use a, a pamphlet. Oh my god. So back at the TV studio, the boys show up with Ms. Jones and Jerry's all boned up over her. And he says uh, that they're all signed up and he hits on Davy for a bit. And Davy just wants out. Like Davy is like trying to hug a cat. He, he's constantly <laughs> trying to squirm away from the situation. But Mickey puts him in line. Money, money, anything for money. Right. Once again, I have to, I've said it in the past, but Davy makes a, a very unattractive woman. And you would think <laughs> oh my God. he would be the cutest one, but he doesn't. It's just something. He's a cute man, but not a cute woman. It doesn't translate. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not trying to like shame Davey about how much it doesn't look like a woman, but he looks terrible. <sighs> Maybe it's the wig or something. If they really did him up, I, 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 I like Davey more as a woman. <laughs> so oh <my> God. <laughs> back at the pad, Davey's telling the boys it will never work. No one will believe he's a girl. And then we cut to three girls and a little dude dressed up like a knight. And the knight says that she's telling them it'll never work. No one will believe she's a boy. And she takes off her mustache and, and it's a girl, oddly enough. What? what? So, uh, so it's Daphne played by Dina Martin. Back at the TV studio, Jerry introduces the West Minstrel Abbeys, which is an awesome name for a girl band. And uh, they start playing Last Train to Clarksville, sped up like crazy. And like they just play along under it. Which is very weird. Like, I don't know. It was yeah. a weird choice to go with, I guess. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. You're at Last Train to Clarksville all sped up, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. Speaking of uh, weird ways to hear the Last Train to Clarksville, I didn't get a chance to mention during our new Monkey special, there's an episode that features uh, two sumo wrestlers named Sonny and Cher singing Last Train to Clarksville on, like, ukuleles and stuff. Wow. That's so. interesting. I mean, if that doesn't entice you to dig up the show, it was one of only like three direct monkey references in the whole show. Yeah, I was going to say there wasn't very many at all. I thought there would be more. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, this must be in like episode three because there, there was a few early on and then they'd never really talk about it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so so the boys, they're watching the girls play and they're watching all slack jawed and, and Jerry's really digging them. And then the boys say that the girls are really great, but Davey says the guy in the band is a bit effeminate, which, hey. <laughs> and uh, so we see old clips of the monkeys from the first season cut in with the girls singing it. And then the song is done and the crowd loves them. And Jerry checks the applause meter and it goes right to the very top and sparks fly everywhere. And the <laughs> Westminster Abbey score in 98.6. That must be like the, the station he was on, right? Like I Maybe. would assume, or it's because it's a thermometer, and ninety-eight point six is normal human body temperature. No, maybe I didn't know Could that. Could be that so kind of thing. That's probably it. So yeah. Jerry introduces the monkeys. Three guys and a chick. They're called the monkeys. And Davy just wants to get out of there, but it's like, come on, Dave, what the hell, Davy? You know how much you guys need this money. You know how much money it is. Yep. It's just like, yep. Just do it. Just do it. If you're gonna, if, just take one for the goddamn team. So the boys hit the stage and Jerry's hits on Davey again, but the band kicks into door into summer, which is awesome. And Davey yes. spends the entire song trying to get off stage, but like the guys keep him there. Mike does the thing where he like loops his arm around Davey. So he's playing guitar with Davey. Like he has his arm yeah. around him, his head in the little socket there. 
and not just any guitar. This is the custom Monkey's Gretsch yeah. with the little logo on the headstock and on the pit guard. It's a it's a beaut. It is a beaut. It's it's a fantastic and it's Doran to Summer. Like the only performance I think we get of Doran to Summer. I think you're right. And even though like Mickey never pl- sits at the drums once because he's constantly trying to keep Dave <laughs> from leaving the stage, it's still really awesome. And it, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. So um, Mickey at one point gets a huge stop sign and a big, huge hook to keep <laughs> Davey on stage. And Jerry is so smitten, it's embarrassing. Like, he's so yeah. in love with Ms. Jones. And and the song ends, and the crowd cheers, and they carry Davey off stage. Jerry checks the applause meter again, and they score a 98.6, and the two groups are tied. And Jerry says that they'll bring everyone back tomorrow, and both bands will go head-to-head in a battle of the bands type scenario. And neither of the bands are too happy about it. They're all, they're all grumpy. They don't want to share that money. Nope. Or they want it for themselves right now. So back at the pad, Davey's taking off his girl clothes, and the boys tell him that he can't do that because what if someone from the show comes by? And Davey the says- Shows up at the pad, I'm sure. I know, right? And Davey says they're being ridiculous, but then there's a knock at the door, and it's Jerry with flowers <laughs> coming to see Davey. Miss Jones, the gator here. Big boss with the big hot sauce, Jerry Flappin', Miss Jones. <laughs> so the other boys hide, and Davey answers the door, and Jerry comes in telling Davey that he snapped his mind and that he loves her. It's just like, too much too soon, Jerry. This this might be why girls don't want to be with you. Like Too much. Uh, no no, no tact. No. Saying you love them before the first date, that's a, that's a risky <laughs> move, Jerry. It rarely works. Yep. I won't say never works, but I'm going to say rarely works. So Mickey says, I think he's kind of cute. And Peter says, you would. I think he's kind of cute. Yeah. You would. <laughs> he's like, dude, yeah, that came off hard. Yeah, Peter sounds very unimpressed. Maybe he doesn't like Mickey's choice in dudes. He's like, yeah, you oh, would like this douchebag. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Peter, Peter's being kind of a dick for a guy who showed up late for work today. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Eh? <laughs> oh, so Jerry professes his love to Davey and says that if he plays his card right, he could he could win the contest, which is yikes. Mm. And so <laughs> Mickey says Davey's winning. And then Peter says he's a hit. At the same time, Mike says, I think he's kind of cute. Davey's winning. I Davey's think he's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry keeps going on and on about how much he loves Davey and Davey says in a terrible female voice well I'll have to think about it and Jerry says that he can wait until tomorrow but uh, by that time his love will be all consuming and he kisses Davey's hand <laughs> and Mike and finally Jerry leaves and Peter says that if Davey goes out with them they'll win the contest and Mike says that if he lets him kiss him then he could own the whole television station <laughs> oh my god and uh, Davey says, One more remark like that, and I'll hit you with my purse. And then we go to commercial. <laughs> and we come back, Davey's sulking on his bed. And uh, Peter says that they're going out for dinner and he should grab his purse and join them. And it's like, <laughs> if they really need money so badly, should they be going out for dinner? Guys, come on. Yeah. Come on. Get some craft dinner. Yeah. Do it up. in, guys. <laughs> so Davey says that. If he has to go dressed out like a girl, he'd rather stay home. And Mickey asks if they can get him anything. He says a tuna fish sandwich. So at the Westminster Abbey's pad, Daphne tells him that she has to go dressed out like a boy or like a knight, apparently. Uh, she's not going. And one of the other girls says, fine, they'll bring her home a tuna fish sandwich. And they leave. We cut between Davy and Daphne, both saying it's a waste of a Saturday night. And they both decide to go to some little out of the way place that nobody goes. The Southside branch. <laughs> so Davey shows up with these crazy sunglasses on and he walks through the beaded curtain thing and uh, a waiter asks if he needs to be seated and Davey asks for a secluded table 
The waiter tells him that he has a table so secluded that three waiters disappeared trying to find it. (laughs) So he sits Davy down, but Daphne's already there, also wearing crazy sunglasses. But it's like, how secluded is this? Like, you don't even notice there's a person sitting at the secluded table. (laughs) Like, those sunglasses really work. Totally. So Davy apologizes. And when they both take off their sunglasses, birds start chirping and they both get like the sparkly eyes, which is a great throwback. Classic, total classic. And uh, the waiter comes back and says that he's be- that there's been a mistake and the booth is obviously already occupied. Like, thanks, Sherlock. And uh, But now they're so <laughs> in love that he just walks away. Daphne says that after years of searching, they finally found each other. And Davy says nothing will ever part them. So, okay, here, Davy and Daphne are coming on as strong as Jerry did. But it's romantic rather than mm. abrasive and terrifying. So it's all in the package, <laughs> like I guess. Bribery esque. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's he he oozes he oozes creep. Jerry does a little bit. Uh, so suddenly, Mike, Mickey, and Peter come in, and Mike gets poked in the eye with one of the beads, and uh, Mike says, "I tell you, all my spaghetti in this place sells." <laughs> <laughs> so they take a seat. And Davy freaks out and says he has to go. But when he's split, he drops one of his high heels. And Daphne picks it up and calls after him, but to no avail. Like, it's funny that Davy brought out the girl costume in a bag with him <laughs> for some reason. Like, just to keep the plot moving, I guess. It has, to, yeah, of course. You needed that. But that's it, a good point. It's just interesting. I didn't think of that till right now. So back at the pad, Davy races into bed and gets under the covers with the jacket still on. She's got my jacket. And uh, the boys are right behind him, yet somehow didn't notice him, like, in front of him on the stairs. <laughs> uh, Mike says uh, he's out like a light, but Mickey says he still thinks that he saw him at the restaurant. And uh, Davey wakes up and asks where they ate, and they can't remember, so he says... Some little out-of-the-way place that nobody goes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the Southside branch. And tell him that they'll put a sandwich on the kitchen table. But, like, put the... It's tuna fish. Put it in the fridge. Don't put it on the kitchen table for the whole night. Come on. <laughs> it's going to smell worse than Mr. Schneider. Then they ask, how did he know where they ate? And he pretends to be asleep and they just leave him alone. And once they're gone, he throws the covers off and notices that he's missing his shoe. Which he must have been in a mad panic if he just notices now that he ran all the way from the restaurant <laughs> without a shoe on. One high heel. But okay, hold on now. Wasn't he wearing shoes and had the shoes in the bag? Right? It's like when he took off, he took off so fast the shoe flew off his foot. So is he only wearing one shoe in the restaurant because he put the other one in his bag? Uh, uh, See? Don't know, man. Oh, Once, once D. Caruso left, they, they, they lost so much continuity. <laughs> <laughs> so then be, I, you had an eye for detail, that guy. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. <laughs> Some would say I had two of them. Wow. D. Caruso. <laughs> he didn't even ring the doorbell. I just bust my way in sometimes. And I'll bust my way out. See you later. Oh, thanks, Dee. Appreciate you stopping by, though. So the next day at the TV studio, Mickey and Peter tell Davey to finish getting dressed and meet them on stage. But Mickey notices that Davey's missing a shoe, and he asks him about it. And Davey says he doesn't know where she is. And he says, I mean, where it is. I mean, I, I call my shoes he and she so I don't get mixed up. Oh and they're God. like, What's your name? Sure. Right. What's your name? Right. We'll see you out there on stage. So Davy leaves the dressing room, but he sees Jerry coming his way. So he jumps into another dressing room and Daphne's in there, not quite dressed up as the knight yet. And he asks if she remembers him. And she says, yes, you're one of the monkeys. And he realizes that her eyes or brain don't work very well. And that she's made up as a girl again. And uh, 
So he tries to leave, but she stops him and says that his face looks very familiar. Like your brain activity increasing. Oh my God. And uh, he says that he looks like his uncle who has pictures up in post office all over the country. (laughs) Uh, She realizes that he only has one shoe and he says that it's because he got dressed in the dark. But she says it looks just like the one she got last night. And then Davey comes clean and takes off the wig and Daphne's mind is blown. And uh, she asks him why he's dressed like that. He tells her that he's been putting everyone on. He didn't think a girl as pretty and awesome as her would want to be with someone who's dishonest. And uh, he says that he won't bother her again. They're like, oh, poor Oliver. And uh, so she stops him and tells him uh, the truth about her dressing up as a guy. And Davey asks, why would you do that? He doesn't understand. And then he says, oh, yeah. he actually uses his brain for a second. And he realizes that he does understand. And she asks, what, they, what have they done? And he says that it was all terribly wrong. We cut to Jerry yelling at Davey. That he's deceived him. And he says that they're all disqualified because the contest is for mixed groups only. And Davy says they are a mixed group. And they cut to the stage where the monkeys and the Westminster Abbeys are together in one big band. But for some reason, all the Westminster Abbeys are just like backup singers and dancers now. Like it would have been more awesome if it was like the two bands got together and like had like three guitars, two basses, two kick, like two drum sets. Like it would have been awesome. Notice notice Jerry went with the, uh, you know, the more professional how dare you do this to the contest angle instead of the uh personal mortification angle yeah oh yeah he's hitting on davy jones he's trying to bury that quick to him that never (laughs) happened (laughs) ever yeah yeah he's more hurt but it was the contest (laughs) (laughs) i was never fooled i always knew you were a boy (laughs) oh man there you go that's my jerry well done uh, it's actually my Jerry Seinfeld. It's a terrible impression. <laughs> it's almost a Jimmy Stewart yeah. kind of thing yeah. going on there. What's with these monkeys? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Anyway, <laughs> so they all sing She Hangs Out, and a couple of the girls are absolutely terrible dancers. <laughs> they look like those, remember those little games where you'd push the bottom in and it'd be like a horse or something and it would go yeah, limp and yeah. get, that's what they're you dancing with. the like. byway and it's like a Bugs Bunny or something yeah. and their limbs just collapse. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's really cool uh, to have the, them sing a couple songs like on stage, like a couple like real performance that aren't like in the Rainbow Room or not one of those kind of things. Like a, yeah, and there's episode, part of the show. Yeah. Episode yeah. specific songs, which is kind of radical. Mm-hmm. So and they're both great tunes. Yeah. Yeah. So Jerry's super stoked and says that there's so many girls on stage and he's cool with the whole thing all of a sudden. And uh, Davey dances <laughs> with Peter while he's playing the bass and it's really great. And there's some like cool, cool angles and cool shots. It's like the whole yeah. thing was a lot of fun, it seems. Mm-hmm. It's a great performance piece. And at the end of it, the audience claps. And then that's that. And that's, that's like the end of the story part of the episode. Yeah. This had to be like 14 minutes of story because <laughs> they pack it with a bunch of other shit. Yeah. And, and it's like they uh, they don't come back to say like who won or there's no like wrap up thing or no like goofy joke no. about Davey being in drag or anything like that. Just like, nope. She hangs out. Done. Super group. That's it. <laughs> and so... uh so we come back to Davy and Charlie Smalls at a piano singing a song yeah. that sounds so awesome to me. I, I wish cool I knew tune. what song this was.
So Davey stops him and introduces him to the TV audience. And he says that he's known him since his New York days and that they used to write songs together and now they're, they're doing it again, essentially. Hmm. And uh, then Davey asks why he doesn't have any soul. Tell me. Why don't I have soul? You've known me all these years. Why don't I have soul? <laughs> so Charlie tells him that he does have soul, but his soul would be on the accented beats one and three, like the Beatles. And then he gives like a little example of it. And he says, whereas Charlie's soul is on the accented beats two and four, which is like Motown. And he gives a little example of that. One, two, three. And he says like Ringo plays the hardest one in three and is super funky that he's ever heard, which is cool <laughs> to hear, to be honest. Cause not, no, it's, Ringo, it's totally true though. Like he's, he's putting down some wisdom here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, a lot of people always uh, dump on Ringo. But one thing, if you ever see the documentary Eight Days a Week, it's like their touring years directed by Ron Howard. There oh, yeah. some parts in there where Ringo is holding it down. And it made me look at Ringo in a totally different way. Like he hit mm. hard and he was a, he was awesome live, <laughs> like 66, the very end there. I mean, even everybody focuses on like when uh, somebody asks John if uh, Ringo's the best drummer in the world, and John says Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> I wonder if John regretted saying that when it kind of took off the way it did, and he's like, "Ah, oh, shit," because like this might this might have been during the twenty minutes during the White Album sessions where Ringo quit. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. That's true too. So Charlie shows like a Brazilian soul beat with a shaker. And Davey, man, when he's doing the shaker in front of Davey's face, Davey looks so high. Like he's mesmerized <laughs> by that shaker. So then they go back to the song they're singing at the beginning and it's just fucking awesome. Like, I don't know what it is. You don't hear hardly anything. You hear like a little verse part of that song. And it's so good and so radical. song they do a yeah. girl named love it was supposed to be a medley with uh, the girl i left behind me oh really and uh davy didn't finish it in time it was supposed to be on birds of the bees and the monkeys oh it was a popular bootleg thing where with like even like the doo-wop thing at the start would show up on like people who would like bootleg monkey albums like you know to get that that fuzzy valerie or whatever they'd also bootleg every little music thing including this for sure yeah no that's wicked all right so yeah so that's that's the end of the episode essentially and uh yeah. my overall thoughts on this episode Great episode. I really like this episode a lot. It's a good one. It It's really funny. It moves well. It's great mm -hmm. to see them being a band for an entire episode, like an episode based around them being a band for, I think, the first time in the second season, really. Yeah, barely happens. Yeah. And you definitely did not see many, like, uh, episode-related musical numbers. Yeah, exactly. And each of the guys has moments to shine in it. Davey and Charlie at the end of the episode is fantastic. And it kind of, mm. what I was reading too, gives a glimpse of like what they're looking to do in season three of the monkeys was like, yeah. have like a part at the beginning where it's like comedy act kind of thing, but then bring in musicians and talk to musicians and have like musical acts play for the second half of it, which would yeah. have been crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, guns in this episode? No guns. Wow. That's two in a row. Amazing. Crazy. Crazy. Amazing. Crazy. Amazing. Crazy. <laughs> Highlight of the show for me is the end with Davy and Charlie. Such a different vibe from the way they usually go about doing things. And it, it allowed the story just to be precise, like how we're talking a couple episodes ago, like being able to put these things at end of episodes. They didn't have to like mm-hmm. drag out the other, the story part. Cause like if you had to drag that out for another seven minutes or whatever it would have been, it just would be like, holy smokes, now what's going on? <laughs> what about you? What's the highlight of the show for you? Um, I, I like seeing Door into Summer. I like seeing the, mm-hmm. the monkey guitar. And uh, I think that's the highlight for me, nice. even though it's a musical one. But still, to see in the monkey guitar, I think, was a lot of fun because I don't think you see it too much. No, you really don't. It's something you notice instantly, too. It's like, ooh, man. <laughs> like, yeah, with it on the, the end of the neck there, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, was there a monkey ruse? Davy dressing like a girl. <laughs> Fits yes. that. Uh, fourth wall break. Uh, Davy looks at the camera a few times. I think Mickey does yeah. as well. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's a few. Best musical moment, I say performance of Door into Summer. Like for reasons you just said too. It's it's just awesome but, uh, to see it. Don't sleep on she hangs out. That is a jam and a half, man. Oh, it, I like that song a lot. Oh, me too. Me too. But Door into Summer is my favorite monkey song, so it's you know what <laughs> just, can you say? We could just ask the countdown how we feel about Door into exactly. Summer. Exactly. Uh classic monkeys moment, the sparkly eyes and the birds singing. We haven't had that, <laughs> yes. I don't think, in the second season. I, I kind of have a trivia question for you about that. Who hit me? All right. What happens more often in the monkeys? Davy gets the starry eyes or Davy dresses in drag? Ooh. I want it to be starry eyes for some reason, but I think it's dress and drag. What is it? <laughs> Including the uh, Hey Hey, It's the Monkeys special and uh, a brief appearance in head. Davy dresses in drag seven times. Wow. Wow. <laughs> The Starry Eyes thing only happens to Davy in three episodes. I was going to say three or four. That's what I thought. And it happens, uh, again, it happens in the 1997 special. And also, uh, Julie Newmar borrows it in the uh, that laundry episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> but it's so iconic. It's so related to Davy and the show. It feels like yeah. more than three times, you'd assume. Yeah, exactly. It might be the rewatchability of the show's. Like, because we've seen it so many times, just thinking. Or maybe because, like, I'm pretty sure it was in the Much Music commercial, too. Yeah, we could have been. So, some did you knows? Uh, Dina Martin is the daughter of Dean Martin, which mm-hmm. is it's just so crazy. Like, if you didn't have a son, you had a daughter, but it's like, no, I still want my name. I want to make sure that she cannot have one normal day for her entire life. I want to make sure everybody knows. And then he has Dino Jr., I think. See? Jesus. Let kids have their own names. Juniors, I always feel bad for juniors. <laughs> it's like you're, you're constantly like, oh, like, say if you had like little Jeff, you're always like the little one. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, you're never your own person. <laughs> like Dale Jr. <laughs> exactly. Man. So uh, Charlie Smalls, uh, he wrote the music for The Wiz and went on to some really great things, but then he passed away from a burst appendix. Ooh. Yeah, but he uh, went on to some, like, writing the music for The Wiz. That's something else. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's amazing. I think he got a Tony Award for that. Yeah. Yeah, it started as a play, and then it was the film. I, yeah, I remember the Michael film. Michael Jackson and Diana Ross and all that. Yeah, wicked. Um, this is Davy Jones' favorite episode, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, it's the final episode shot for the series, 
which I read. But then I also read that the next one is the final one shot for the series. So it was shot in December 1967. Yeah. So, so okay, Jerry Blavitt, who plays Jerry Blavitt, he has four <laughs> acting cool. credits, but he has 17 other credits where he plays himself. <laughs> and this oh, was the boy. first one of those. Uh, Bill McKinney, who plays the janitor, has 119 credits. He played the train engineer in Back to the Future 3. He nice. was in the Green Mile, played one of the cops. And he was in Rambo First Blood, Baywatch, and the A-Team, among some of his credits. That's quite the, quite the range of stuff. Yeah, when I read he was the engineer in Back to the Future 3, I just watched it last week. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> All right, so I hear something happening. But what? Yeah, that's right, kids. Everybody's favorite second half of the episode. The Randomatic Countdown featuring the Wool Hat of Mystery. And we are down to the nits and grits of this. The hat is getting light, folks. It really is. Once again, this week, we have to do uh, only two songs. It's a twosie. So next week, we do three. And next week is the end of the Randomatic Countdown featuring the Wool Hat the Mystery. The finale for the hat. Our, uh, our first episode had no hat. And our final episode shall have no hat. Yes. And we're going to give the hat a good send off next week. Yeah. Next episode anyway. Yeah. Whatever day we do. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I'll go first, I guess. Is it me to go first or? You go ahead, Paco. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I can remember before when there's so many in here. Now it's like I've got to search around just to find one. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Oh, I'm in love with Saturday's child. What a jam. I can't believe you haven't picked this. Tuesday had a dream child. She's always on the go, so I'm in love with Saturday's child. Every time I take her out at night, you want to kiss and hold her way up tight. You can tell the future's looking bright. So Saturday's Child off the Monkees album, the debut mm-hmm. And this song is just, it's a great garage band song. Is how no joke, Paco. really comes it is off. Like, basically, there's two flavors of monkeys on the first couple albums. There's the, there's the shiny, all-pro, New York, Brill Building, really polished sound. And then there's like that West Coast garage rock, mm-hmm. fuzz box, heavy drum sound. And this is one of those, and just so much fun. Yeah, it's it's a great song. Like you can see the monkeys from the show from the first season playing this song, you know, against the <laughs> Jolly Green Giants and the weird alien guys or whatever they were all called. <laughs> yeah, totally, it's written by uh, David Gates, the frontman from a band called Bread. Oh yeah, which is the light rockiest light rock sound <laughs> of a band. As in case you couldn't suss that out from the fact that they're called Bread. <laughs> The best things and sliced us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But no, the, the, the little guitar riff and just the bridge. The solo's and, uh, wicked. Yeah, the bridge is fantastic. The bass the is classic, wicked. Classic. This early, uh, an early moment of that, uh, that trademark Mickey Dolan's orgasmic gasping. Yeah, it's true. This is where he found it. 
<laughs> and even though it wasn't on a, it wasn't a single or a B-side, but it's, it comes up a lot. Like it's on a lot of like single disc monkey kind of collections. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think cause it's such a good one off the first record that people would only know from the show because it wasn't a single yeah. or a B-side or anything like that. And, and it's a short little banger. Yeah. It's like two minutes and four seconds. Like, Bang. You can stick that anywhere. Perfect garage band amount of time for a song for real and i think it was in a monkey versus machine which ties in with all the they're goofing around with the kids and stuff yeah, right with yeah the toys and all that exactly yeah. wicked awesome love this song me too me too so i think i'm going to put it in see i was looking at the list and seeing what i what i liked it more than and what i liked more than it and yeah. i'm putting it in right behind stepping stone at number 28 between Stepping Stone and For Pete's Sake. Okay. I I, I'm down with that. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think it fits okay. in nicely there. Paco, how about you pass the hat on over this way? There you go. Oh, how about that, folks? Star Collector. <laughs> She's a star makes me really nervous for what's left like, like that would have been a great one to end on <laughs> oh man that would have been really good okay so star collector off pisces aquarius capricorn and jones limited what yeah, a jam a my goodness it's a tr tremendous tune it's a goffin and king number but at this point in his career i think davy jones could have written this song from personal experience <laughs> yeah no doubt and uh it's uh yeah just the, dis the groupy dismissiveness of the, the subject matter yeah it's a neat neat kind of tune a very uh very early stages of rock star celebrity and already the it's this has that perspective of like thanks for coming out but i i gotta go yeah exactly and it's probably the most psychedelic of a yes. jam the monkeys yeah. ever do because it's like okay. the song ends and there's still like two and a half minutes of synthesizers and yeah. bass. Chip Douglas on the bass just killing it. Yeah. It's the Moog synthesizer. Not played by Mickey this time, but more of a, a professional keyboardist named uh, Mr. Paul Beaver. Uh, musically, the rest of it is like the core band unit as it stood during like the Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn and Jones sessions with like Mike's on the guitar, Peter's on the keyboards, Davy and Mickey singing, uh, Chip's on the, Chip Douglas is on the bass and Fast Eddie Ho on the drums. And like, this is a, this turns into quite a tight little group. Yeah. This is the monkeys on, that's going on all cylinders. This is the, this is them Absolutely. streamlined and killing it. Best songs, best musicians, best you know, collaboration. I don't know how there wasn't a star collector daily, nightly double a side yeah. put out around this time. 100%. Yeah. It, it's it. Those two songs fit together. So perfectly peanut butter and jelly. They feel like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And it's, they're so good. They're so good. So good. So Jeff, where do you think star collector fits into this monstrous countdown we have going? Great question, Paco. Great question. Well, for reference, let's see where where have we put uh, Star Collector's buddy Daily Nightly? Where are they? Where, where's Daily Nightly hanging out these days? It's at number nineteen. 
in between okay. going down and love to love. I take this over love to love. So let's tuck it right behind daily, nightly, where it belongs at number 20. Perfect. It's where, like, there seems to be things where we're, like, grouping similar songs together or, like, just they're, they're part of the same part of our monkey fandom story. And that's why they kind of go together. Yeah. So that's Star Collector, sung by David Jones, written by Jerry Goffin and Carol King. Well, I guess... Uh, put away the hat one last time with songs in it yeah this is it we have three left and man oh man we pulled two gold like these two we pulled are amazing to pull together these are knockouts but now it's like oh no what's left (laughs) i think i know one that might be left maybe but uh oh man i don't know that's uh it's a shame moving in with rico is not in there (laughs) yeah exactly man could you imagine if we had finished pulling Star Collector and Saturday's Child in either order, and those are the last two songs pulled. It would have been like the most oh. momentous, amazing way to go out. Now I feel <laughs> like it's like, oh no, what do we got? Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, we didn't remember these were in there, so there might still be some gems. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I can't wait. Stoked. Me too. Me too. Okay, everyone. Thank you for checking us out. As always, super stoked to have you. We're coming to the end. We're, 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 the end is nigh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.